I'm just excited to be here uh, and to be able to share with you guys God's word. And honestly, after being uh, in Auburn and in Waterloo for the last two days, I'm amazed at what God has done over the last 10 years. God is moving in an amazing way. Do you believe that? Come on. God is moving in a mighty way. And uh, I just believe even what we just sang, the breakthrough is coming. Amen? And, I, and here, here's what I do. I love what Pastor Adam said, that, that worship and praise is, is from the word of God, that it is actually a weapon for us. Amen? And, and I, here's what I do. I get in my car. I roll the windows up. I turn that song up as loud as I can when I need breakthrough. And I sing like crazy. The person next to me thinks that I'm crazy, but I'm crazy for Jesus. Amen? And I just believe that he's going to bring breakthrough. I just, I literally believe it because here's what I, here's what I, a great definition of faith. Faith is believing in what we can't see with our natural eyes. Because of what we've seen God do in the past. Amen? How many of you guys seen God do some things in the past? Amazing, amazing miracles in your life. And so for me, I just happen to believe, even when I can't see it with my natural eyes, that I have faith that rises up in me when I sing and I look back on all that God has done in my past, that God's going to do something in the, in the spiritual that I just can't understand. And so I just believe that God is doing that here uh, at New Hope Church and that God is moving in a mighty way. I, I, I was thinking about uh, my childhood here in, in Indiana. And uh, how many of you played basketball growing up? Anybody? Just a couple people, right? You know, it's Indiana. Um, and and I, I wanted to play basketball. And here's why. I, honestly, my dad, my stepdad, he, uh, he, he grew up in Pinville. I don't know if anybody knows where Pinville is, north of Indianapolis. He has a scoring record in his high school still. Like he, had, he scored like 80 points in a game. I, I saw the plaque because I, I had to see it to believe it. I'm like, dad, come on. You know, how many dads kind of embellish the truth a little bit so your kids like you a little bit more? And impressed. And I saw the plaque though. It really happened. And, and so I wanted to be on the basketball team and be just like him. But I also wanted to be on the basketball team growing up because all my friends were on the basketball team. You know what I'm talking about, right? And, and, and so I would go to basketball camp in the summer and I would learn all the drills and layup drills. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't shoot a layup with my left hand. I could not do it. I tried so hard. And I learned about defense, being on the balls of my feet and, and all this stuff. And in middle school, can I tell you, I tried out for the basketball team all three years. And, and, and here's, here's what you got to know. I tried my hardest because I wanted to be on the team, okay? How many of you tried really, really hard to be a part of something and it just didn't work out? <laughs> like, I tried and I tried and I, I got to the first cut. I got past it. Every year, this is what happened. I would get to the final cut and I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make it on the team and I wanted to be on the team so bad. I went on to play football and other sports, but basketball was the sport that I liked the most, but I just couldn't get on the team. And, and here's what I love. I, I think that most of us have this desire in our heart if we're, if we're really in really honest, to be on a, an amazing team, to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves, something that, that reaches more people, that does something good for the people around us. Some of, most of us, we would say if we're really, really honest, that even if we've never been on a team before, that there's a desire inside of us. Can I, can I tell you some good news this, this evening? That when we said yes to a relationship with Jesus, we actually joined the best team, like the best team that we could ever be a part of. We became a part of the family of God, and we joined this family that God has actually called us to be a part of. And he, he, I literally get so excited when I think about the family that God has called us to be a part of. And you know, the Bible says that we're actually supposed to be a part of the family of God that we're supposed to be active parts of the family of God, that each and every one of us actually have a very unique part to play. And, and, and here's, for me, I grew up in church, and I was in church my entire life, but there was a season in my early 20s, okay, some of us know what that's like, where we went away from God. And I went away from God, and I didn't go to church anymore. 
I, I forsaked my first love and I walked away from the church. I walked away from my, my, my church family. And, and honestly, can I tell you that even though on the outside, I would say, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. I remember there being nights that I would lay down at night and I would be so lonely. I'd be so desperate for my family. And it wasn't until I came back to the Lord that I really understood how important the family of God is. How important it is to be in God's house on a regular basis. To be the church. Because you know this to be true, right? These walls are not the church, right? We call it the church, but this is not the church. The Bible's clear that you and I are actually the church. That we are the bride of Christ. That we're the family of God. And so we have a role to play in this family. And so today, what I would love to do, I, would just, I just want to encourage you. I just want to remind you today of some truths about what it looks like to be the church. Come on, will you say that with me? Be the church. Come on, be the church, all right? That God has called us to be the church. I, I, I think it starts, and we're going to be in Mark 2, Mark chapter 2. So if you want to turn your Bibles or if you want to click open in your app, that's more appropriate for some of us. <laughs> we don't have our Bibles anymore except for on our phones and on our iPads. That's okay, though. Still the word of God, amen? And uh, so we're going to be in Mark 2. But here's what I love. In Mark 2, we see this incredible story of Jesus having church. This incredible story of Jesus actually having church. And, and, and here's what I want you to see is that when you and I are together, we're actually having church. The Bible says that when two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there. And, and when we're together, we were at dinner at the, the Mexican restaurant on Friday night, and we were having church together. We were fellowshipping together. We were speaking truth to each other. We were ministering healing to each other. And so many of you guys were there. I saw you guys over there at the Mexican restaurant. It was really good. We might go back tonight. Um, but, uh, but in Mark 2, Jesus was having church. He was having church. But in typical Jesus fashion, don't you love this about Jesus? He, he does things in his own way. It didn't look like we all assumed it would. Look what it says in Mark 2 verse 1. It says, a few days later when Jesus again entered into Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So the people heard about Jesus coming. And so they went to church. So, so many gathered there in this, in this room and there was no room left there. Like literally, Jesus had a, a space problem, okay? People were sitting on the floor. They were standing in the back. They were sitting in windows. They were in the doorway, literally. There was a space problem. There was no room, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. See, Jesus, he wasn't thrown by the crowds. This is, I want you to see this. As the church, this is important. Jesus wasn't thrown by the crowds, but he also wasn't impressed by them. You see, a big number of people matters. God, God wants our churches to grow. And you know why? Because he knows that when churches grow, that means that more and more people are coming to know Jesus. That's what God's called us to do, right? To go and to make disciples of all the nation. And, and so Jesus, he, he wanted that to grow, but, but he also wasn't impressed. He didn't get overwhelmed by it. Does that make sense? And so Jesus, he taught the word of God. And then in verse 3, it says this, Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. And here's the first thing that I want you to see. What does it mean to be the church? It means that you and I, sometimes we have to do the heavy lifting. We have to do the heavy lifting. There are people in real need in DeKalb County. It's true, just like in DeKalb County, just like it is down in, in Lee County, down in Fort Myers. That there are hurting people, and it's a real thing that, that they need God in their life. Because, you know how I know that? Because I needed God in my life. I still need God in my life every single day. You need God in your life. And so the reality is true that, that there are people across this county that need Jesus. They need to know that there is, there is a Savior, that there's actually a God, that there's a real God who loves them, who cares for them, 
who literally thinks upon them day after day. And, and, and here's what I want you to see, though. There's no way they're going to know about this real God unless you and I bring them to Jesus. Do you believe that this, this evening? Like, literally, it, it is up to us to do the heavy lifting. And, and, and here's what I want you to hear. I know sometimes that means we get put out sometimes, that we have to go above and beyond. But can I promise, I can promise you this, that every time you take somebody to the feet of Jesus, Jesus will do a miracle in their life and it will be worth it. It will be worth it 10 times over. And God will go, listen, if you do it again, I'm going to bless you again. If you do it again, I'm going to bless somebody else. I'm going to change their life. And so God is calling us to do the heavy lifting. Listen, kids ministry workers, I promise, this is so important. You are doing some heavy lifting, Okay. <laughs> Whether they're a baby and they weigh 15 pounds. My baby is 10 months old. He weighs 25 pounds. That nursery worker is doing a lot of heavy lifting, okay? <laughs> Listen, it's heavy lifting because it matters. Because there are kids that come into this kid's ministry and they need to feel the love that's inside of you. The love that you've received unconditionally from your heavenly father. You need to give it in an amazing way. So many of you that are on the house, I saw you out in the foyer as people came in and you were, you were smiling and you were hugging people and you were telling them that you were excited to see them. That's heavy lifting every single weekend. For some of us, the heavy lifting looks like something different because some of us, we know the people in our community right now and their marriages are failing. And instead of talking to other people about it, God is calling us to do the heavy lifting, to go and to have the awkward conversation and actually, yes, you know, I, I found this to be true that, that so many times a married couple, most married couples, they've never been asked, how's your marriage? And, and especially if they're not in church. And, and I wonder what would happen if we would do the heavy lifting, if we would be brave enough to go out on the limb and say, hey, how's your marriage? What does it look like? Can I take you to a, to a place where you can meet Jesus and his life, his life and his love for you will transform your marriage? Listen, God is calling us to this. Listen, there's single moms in this community right now. You know, I told you that uh, it was my stepdad who played basketball. My mom was a single mom for most of my childhood in the south side of Fort Wayne. And uh, me and my brother and sister, uh, we barely had anything. And, and I remember my mom, and she'll tell me this now, that literally it took everything she had just to get us to church. Just to get us to church. And once we got there, listen, she, she checked us into kids ministry and she said, finally, I get a break, right? <laughs> but can I tell you, God has called us to be the church. The heavy lifting that God has called us to do is worth it. It is worth it. Can I, because there was somebody who looked at my mom and said, I'll do whatever it takes for you to meet Jesus. And when her life was transformed by him, our lives were transformed by Jesus as well. There's a single mom in your community right now. And so come on, let's get back to Jesus. In verse 4 it says this, Since they could not get uh, him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made the opening in the roof above Jesus. That's some heavy lifting. They literally dug through the roof and they lowered the man down as he was lying on his mat. And then it goes on, When Jesus saw, listen to this, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. The second thing that it looks like to be the church is this, is that we have to have faith for others. Come on, do you have faith for others? Amen. Do you have faith for others? I, here's what I want you to see. Notice this. Jesus didn't say, because of the man on the mat's faith, I'm going to heal him. He said, because of the men, that when he looked up through that roof and that hole, he looked up and he saw four men who did whatever it took because they had faith to believe that if they could just get their friend to Jesus... 
If they could just get their friend to the feet of Jesus, that he would be healed. And Jesus said, man, you know what? I'm moved by your faith, and so I will heal your friend. Here's what I believe. I believe that there are friends in our life right now, and they don't have enough faith. But here's what I wonder. I wonder if they could borrow our faith. I wonder if they could borrow our faith enough to say, you know what? Whatever it takes, if I have to drive across the county to go pick you up to bring you to church on Saturday night, I'm going to do it. Because I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that if I could get you to Jesus, that your life will be different. Come on. Are you willing to have faith for your friends? That's what it looks like to be the church. That's what it looks like. And can I ask you, do you remember what it was like when you met Jesus? It changed everything for me. I was telling your pastor just last night, I was 13 years old. I literally was at a place, my mom had just married my stepdad. I was at a place where I didn't trust anybody. Literally nobody. My best friend who I thought I could trust two days earlier tried to rape my little sister. And I found my church, myself in church on Sunday night. And the pastor said something that I'm sure he said every single week as my mom drug us to church. And I remember I was back in the corner. And he said, do you want to know a God who will never leave you or forsake you? And I raised my hand as high as I could because I wanted to know somebody that wouldn't leave me or forsake me. And that night I said yes to Jesus. Somebody had enough faith for me. There are some people in your county right now that need your faith. That's what it looks like to be the church. Come on, let's look on at verse 6 and 7. It said, now some teachers of the law, they were sitting there, and they were thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? What does it look like to be the church? Here's the third thing. It looks like we will have critics. Church, I'm telling you, and if you've been around, you know this already, we will have critics as the church. It just will happen. It just is a reality. See, there'll be people in the community that will look on and they'll go, you go to that church? Man, they kind of sing loud. Man, they jump up and down a little bit and I saw somebody waving their hanky. Come on. In Jesus' name, we can wave some hankies in here. <laughs> Listen, there'll be critics. But we have to know and we have to stand on the firm foundation who is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We have to know that we are the church. And that God has called us here. I was talking to somebody before service, and she was saying, listen, I, I just know that God's called me to be here. And so I don't think about being anywhere else. I've been in two churches my entire life, and I'm so thankful for this. It's a blessing. Okay? And if you've been at more, I'm not condemning you, I promise. But I'm just thankful that God, for the last 17 years, has said, Josh, I'll tell you if you're supposed to move from Next Level Church. I'm called to this church. There'll be critics. People will talk about the church. People will talk about your faith. I remember in high school, I, I went to Wayne High School on the south side of Fort Wayne, and, and I had two very close friends, and we, we all played football together, and, and I was a believer at that time. When I said yes to Jesus, my life radically changed. That next summer, I was at Camp Oak Hill, and, and I got called into full-time ministry. I started serving in my youth group, and, and so I, I, w I found myself with these two friends. One was Muslim, and was, one was Jehovah Witness. <laughs> and every, uh, every lunchtime at, at school, we would argue which religion was true. We would argue who was the true God. And I remember one week I got to this place where I couldn't, I couldn't prove something over them. And I went back to God and I'm like, God, what am I going to do? All these people, there were 30, 40 people around at lunch listening to us debate. And, and here's what I learned. Because God said this to me. He said, Joshua, you're not going to win every argument. 
You're not perfect. You're not going to know every answer to everything, but you know what I've done in your life. You know what I've done in your life. The critics will come, but they can never question what God has done in your heart and in your life. This is what it looks like to be the church. I, I used to uh, have a friend who, who used to say that, uh, that if you wrestle with the pig, you both get muddy, but the pig is the only one that likes it, right? Come on. My dad was a pig farmer back in the day. So um, this, this, this is the reality is that there's also those critics that are going to be in the church. They're in the church sometimes. And listen, I, I just believe this to be true. If you come and you sit for too long and you don't help grow the church, listen, it's okay. There's a season where it's right to come and to, to be new. But eventually it's right for us to be the church together, to start to serve, to start to step in, to start to use the gifts that God has placed inside of each and every one of us. And can I tell you tonight, if you're sitting there and you're going, I don't have any gifts, I don't have anything to offer, I promise you do. The Bible's clear that every single one of us have been placed inside of us gifts and talents and abilities uniquely designed by God. Amen. And so listen, if we, if we sit too long, we become critics. I, I love going out to, uh, to eat. I love to eat a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, how many else likes to eat a lot? Come on, everybody. All right. And uh, one of the things that I've realized is that when I go to a restaurant, I'm easy to critic the meal, criticize the meal, Right. You know, me and my wife, we, like I said, we got four kids. So when we go on a date night, it is like we have moved heaven and earth to get on a date night, right? And uh, usually on a date night, we end up at Target or Costco. And, and so, but, but once in a while, I tell her, I said, we are not going shopping on our date night, okay? No grocery shopping. We're going to go out to dinner, and we plan out where we're going to go, okay? And since moving to Florida, I actually started liking sushi. If you're like, oh, that's gross, I, I promise you like it if you try it, the stuff I like. And, uh, and so we look forward to it for weeks, literally. We plan on it. We look forward to it. And then you get there and you sit down finally and they bring you the meal and it's easy to criticize what you didn't make. Right. It's easy to criticize what you aren't a part of building. And, and, and here's what happens when we're at home and we're cooking for the kids and something didn't come out just right. We don't criticize that, right? Because we, we made it at home. We were doing our best. So here's, here's what I want you to see. If you've been here for a long time or if you've been here for a short time and you haven't jumped into serving or being a part of the church, and building the church, I promise that you will start to become critical. It might not be on the outside, but it will be on the inside. And so God is calling you to be the church, to be a part of building the church here in DeKalb County. And so come on, let's step in. Let's allow God to use us in a mighty way. Let's look on verse 8 and verse 9. Immediately Jesus knew, I love this, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was, this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. This is the fourth thing that it means to be the church. We always remember, we always remember that the, that the point is life change. We always remember that the point is life change. See, the Pharisees, they thought the point of church, and this is easy to get confused, especially the longer you're a believer. They thought the point of the church was to sit around and regurgitate religious information, police others as they became Christians. So when lost people came in, they actually got upset. Hey, can I remind you that lost people are messy? And you know how we know that too? Is because we were messy. And some days we still are, let's be honest. We're still all jacked up and need Jesus, amen? Okay, but, but it's messy sometimes. It's messy, it messes up our plans, it messes up what we were planning to do with our family. But God is saying, listen, you always have to remember that being the church means that it's about life change, okay? 
And, and, and here's what I also want to declare to you tonight. Listen, life change doesn't only happen when you say yes to Jesus. I said yes to Jesus almost 25 years ago. It was never intended that that was the only time life change would happen. He didn't just die on the cross so that we could have eternity in heaven. He died on the cross so that we could be free here on earth. Amen? And so we get to walk in freedom because of what Jesus did on the cross. But a lot of us, we don't. Because we go, you know what? I, I got saved and I'm saved now and everything's good. I'm going to heaven. But when stuff comes up in our lives, we actually we miss out on what God has for us. Because it is scary, right? It's messy. It's messy sometimes to actually dive into how we're feeling, what's going on in our heart. Come on, guys. That's always fun. But God has life changed for you too, whether you've been here for two weeks or 30 years. I believe that God has life changed for you, but I also believe that there's people in DeKalb County that God has life changed for. Amen. Amen? Amen? It's about life change. It always has been. In Proverbs 14, 4, it says this, without an oxen, a stable stays clean, all right? But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Here, here, here's what I, I heard a pastor say this recently, is that we all pray for the harvest, don't we? Come on, it's almost harvest season. But all, all you farmers, you know that harvest is hard work. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. And the same thing is true when it comes to the harvest of souls. God is looking for laborers. He says, listen, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And so he said, pray for the laborers. Here's the crazy part. They're out there. DeKalb County is ripe for harvest for Jesus. Literally, they are ripe for harvest. They're waiting for somebody to invite them to come to church. They're waiting for somebody to share their faith with them. But God's just looking for laborers. Come on, let it be us. Let it be known that this is the church in DeKalb County that will be the church. Amen? Let's go to verses 10 and 11, and then we'll finish up in just a moment. But that you may know... <laughs> That the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Aren't you thankful he can forgive our sins? Amen. He said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. The last way that I believe that God has called us to be the church is this, is that we go home different than we came. Amen. We go home different than we came. Jesus told the man not to stay here. Now I want you to see this. When Jesus said don't stay here, this here was the place that that man had a miracle in his life. He came into this place not being able to walk, let alone not knowing his eternity was saved. But Jesus said, listen, I don't want you to stay here. I want you to go from here and go out. But I want you to see why Jesus told him to do this. Jesus told him to do this, verse 12. He got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of all of them. In full view of all of them, this amazed everyone. And they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Here's what I believe. When we become the church, there will be some people that come into this church. They will come to this altar. And here at this place, they will come in and their lives will be transformed by Jesus. And then here's what we will do. We will say, don't stay here. Because here is not where it ends. Here is where it begins. Amen. Our job and what happens in this room is that we come in this room and we are transformed. We're filled up. God does something amazing in our life. There's breakthrough. And then God says, go back out into the world and be salt and light. Amen? And so he tells us to go back out and to be what God has called us to be. And here's what I love. 
I love when somebody looks at, looks at me, when they look at somebody in our churches and they go, there's something different about your life. You don't even have to say anything. You don't even have to, you don't even have to tell them what happened at the altar because you are completely changed. Here's what I, I believe that there's, there is going to be, become a season of metamorphosis here at New Hope. And that metamorphosis is going to be like Paul on the road to Damascus. The Bible says that he became a very different man, completely different. That's what metamorphosis is. And that when you come in every single week, here's the heart that we have to come with to church. God, I believe that this weekend, Sunday night, when I walk into the service, that when I walk in and when I walk out, I'm going to be a different person because of what you're going to do in this place. And because of that, when I walk into my workplace, when I walk back into school, when I walk back into my family who don't know Jesus, they're going to look at me and they're going to go, something's different about you. And in the same way, they're going to look on and they're going to go, he is the real God. He is the true God. Tell me about him. Tell me about how this, this, this God of the universe has changed your life. There's no better question. There's no better opportunity. But we have to believe. We have to believe in our hearts that when we come in here every single week, that we're going to be transformed by Jesus. We're going to be transformed by Jesus. I want to encourage you tonight that, that I just believe two big takeaways, two big challenges. This is the first one because I just think that so many churches really across the world and probably over all of history were full of a lot of people who actually, they actually came to church, but they were actually the church. You see, they came in and they sat and, and they actually maybe did a couple of things, but they didn't actually fully become the church because it's uncomfortable and it's messy. But I, I just believe right now that if, that if you sit too long, you're going to become a critic. And, and here's what I, I believe, it, that, that right now, even as I was speaking, that maybe God started to convict your heart. And I just want to remind you what conviction is. Conviction is God actually convincing you what is best for you. Yep. If you feel guilt, guilt is from the enemy. You know, guilt, it, it literally paralyzes us. But conviction, it actually, it moves us towards God. There's a repentance part of that. And so maybe inside of you, there's been some times where you've criticized something or you've talked bad about something. And, and I do believe that that's a sin. And so I, I believe that God is asking you to repent, but he's also convincing you, listen, to be the church. To be the change that maybe you've been stirred up in your spirit about. And so I want to encourage you in that. And then the second one is this, is I really want to encourage you to take a next step. So here's what I love about our relationship with God, is that it's a relationship. See, when we said yes to Jesus, we didn't join a club. <laughs> Honestly, we didn't join a religion. We started a relationship with the living God. And, and here's what I love about a relationship. Me and my wife, I told you we've been married for almost 13 years. And, and, and here's what I know, is that every single day I have a choice if I'm going to take another step towards her and learn more about her, to grow in our relationship together. And the same exact thing is true with God, that we have an opportunity every single morning, every single day, to actually say, God, I want to be closer to you. I want to step closer to you. And we call them next steps back in Fort Myers, but the next step around here is, is joining a serve team, is starting to serve in the church. It's starting to be a part of what God is doing here. Maybe being on the prayer team, whatever that looks like. Maybe, maybe it, actually, it actually looks like trusting God for the very first time with our finances. I love what Pastor Adam said. We, we really do believe it, that God actually says, listen, I want to bless your life, and I want to bring a protection over your life. 
But it comes when we're obedient and we put God first in our finances. That's a step towards God. And here's the thing. It is very spiritual. It's not about money. It's about us saying, God, I actually trust you enough. I trust you enough. And so I just want to encourage you. Listen, I believe without a shadow of a doubt. It was almost 20 years ago I left, I left this part of Indiana. And I don't know if you remember that season about 20 years ago. But it spiritually felt dark. But I was telling uh, Pastor Adam when we came into Fort Wayne and when we drove into Auburn and then into Waterloo, it is not dark anymore. There is a light that is shining. And that light is Jesus. And he's using you to bring light into darkness. And so I want to encourage you, listen, God is not done with you. He is just at the beginning of what he wants to do in your life. And he wants you to be the church. Amen? Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for an incredible church, God. I thank you for just the faithfulness of their leaders and their pastors, God. I thank you for the the faithfulness of their people, God. And so, Lord, right now, I just pray in Jesus' name, I pray a blessing. God, a blessing of being the church, God, of stepping out in faith, God, of getting messy, God, of having enough faith for their neighbors and their coworkers, God, and their classmates, God. God, I pray right now a blessing, God, for them to go out, God, and to be changed, God, not letting this be the place that they stay, God, but the place where it begins and they go out and they change their city, God, and their county for you, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you in advance, God. God, you are an amazing God. You are faithful. You are faithful, God. God, someone here tonight needs to be reminded that you are faithful, that you fulfill your promises. And so, Lord, promises that you gave them literally 20 years ago. God, you are faithful. You are still faithful. Lord, you are faithful to fulfill those promises. And so, Lord, I just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.